to have your Bibles turn to Mark chapter 4. Uh, after listening to the Sunday school lesson, which was way too long, uh, we're probably going to do part one and part two of this sermon because I got a conviction. I was seeing Brother Jack, he was trying to get that whole lesson in in one lesson. He did a great job and got the point across, but I could tell he was rushed. There was a lot of material to cover. And uh, I'm glad he didn't read the whole chapter. I'll tell you that right now. That was some chapter, but it was a great lesson. And folks, you ought to be in Sunday school because you'll learn a whole lot by being in Sunday school. And I know the teachers learn a lot studying, and that's a blessing. And I want to preach um, uh, the parable of the souls, and um, the best commentary on the Bible is the Bible. i tell you what we'll do. We'll let the uh, video be played after the service, brother. I don't know if you showed the pictures or not. I interrupted Brother Al for nothing, I think. But uh, we didn't get the pictures up there. But we'll get, we'll get all this together. Uh, if the devil ever fight anything, he'll fight missions. And I will tell you, if you try to do something for missions, he'll fight it. And so uh, we, we'll, get it, we'll get it together and get this uh, offering going. But I want to tell you something. Y'all shouldn't have to be primed or pumped to give to missions. Amen? And you don't. And thank God for the $110,000 commitment. But uh, I'm really excited about doing our Christmas offering for missions. I was going to do it to retire the debt on our building. And the Lord beat us to it and just retired it ahead of time by a visitor. And, and that's just a blessing. So that's how God blesses a missionary church. You put missions first, he'll just pay off the debt. Amen. I believe that all my heart. And everybody says, well, I think I'll do that and get out of my debt. Well, you might could. You, may, you can just tithe your way out of debt. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm glad to see a lot of you back. Some of you had pneumonia. Some of you had uh, croup. Some of you still sick. There's a couple of you uh, sitting here sick in bed. And, uh, you're, but you're here, and I thank God for you being here. And we're just going to ask God to uh, bless. And listen, if you can't amen, just cough real loud. Amen, that'd be fine. Amen. All right, let's stand in awe of the Word of God. I'm going to read the whole book of Mark. No, I'm just going to read a few verses. And uh, we're going to try, to try to do this in two parts if I can. Um, this, is, this, is, this has helped me so much, the studying of this chapter. This has helped me so much to realize why a lot of people don't get saved. And why we ought to get more people saved. I appreciate the 25 and, 20, and four people said they went from their homes. Did you? Okay, good. I saw all four of you shaking your head. You better. You said you were. All right, 29 people out in the rain yesterday. That touched this preacher's heart. And listen, you that didn't come, uh, we're not saying anything about you. You're probably more healthy than we are and probably smarter. But uh, thank God we couldn't counsel it because that, all that food would have been wasted. I don't waste nothing. Amen. And so thank you for going. We had some great visits. Brother Travis and I. I had one in particularly good visit, and I just thank God for it. And he began again to teach by the seaside. And there was gathered in him a great multitude, so that he entered into the ship and sat at the sea, and the whole multitude was by the sea on the land. And he taught them many things by parables, and said unto them in his doctrine, Hearken. Behold, there went out a sower to sow, and it came to pass, as he sowed, some fell on the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on the stony ground, where he had not much earth, and immediately he sprang up, because it was no depth to the earth. And when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because he had no roots, it withered away. And some fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up, and choked it, and yielded no fruit. And the other fell on some good ground 
and did yield fruit and sprang up and increased and brought forth some thirty, some sixty, and some a hundred. And he said to them, He that hath an ear to hear, let him hear. And when he, had, and when he was alone, they that were about him with the twelve asked of him the parable. They were confused, like a lot of people are. And he said to them, Unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But unto them that are without, all these are done in parables. And that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. And he said to them, Knowing ye not the parable, and how then will I know all parables? The sower that soweth the word. Best commentary is on the Bible. He's explaining the parable. He said, And these are they by the wayside where the, where the word is sown by they that have heard. Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground who when they had heard the word immediately received it with gladness and having no root in themselves. And so endured, but for a time afterwards, when the affliction or persecution arise for the word's sake, immediately they were offended. And these are they which are sown among the thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of the world, and the deceitfulness of riches, the lust of the things entered in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. And these are they which sow on good ground, such as hear the word, and receive it, and bring forth fruit, some 30, and some 60, and some 100. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for this great, great parable. Thank you, God, for the interpretation of it. And Lord, I pray, dear God, that you'd help us to have ears to hear and listen very closely uh, to this great truth. Lord, I pray, dear Lord, that you'd help us to keep sowing the seed. And God, I pray, oh God, that we wouldn't become hard to the gospel. Lord, I know this world's hard to the gospel. America's getting harder and harder to reach. And Lord, that's not a reason for us to stop sowing. It's a reason for us to start cultivating and sowing and preparing the soil and letting you prepare the soil by us going out and loving people. So Lord, help us to be a church that breaks up the hard soil. God, help us to be as a farmer, patient, hard-working, Lord, faithful in season, out of season, to get the soil where the gospel can penetrate it, and Lord, we can reach the lost. Lord, teach us something this morning and help us as we continue tonight uh, to study these four souls. And we'll thank you and praise you for what you teach us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Some of y'all might have saw uh, Brother Gary Brewer and I arguing out in the hallway a while ago. We were just joking, okay, just want to let you know that. He was asking me about the games. And I told him, I said, I do not talk about the games in the house of God when, I, when my team loses, amen? And by the way, I don't even know who won because I was watching a Hallmark Christmas movie uh, during that game, so I have no idea. If you believe that, you need to go join the Methodist church, amen? Okay, anyway, but anyway, let's don't bring up sports because this is just a game, amen? My wife said it about five times after the game, she says, honey, that was just a game. That was just a game. That was just a game. I said, honey, that was not just a game. That was a championship game. Amen. Amen. But anyway, 
So I just want to get that off my chest so everybody would be happy because all of you are thinking about that. And stop talking about it in the house of God. Amen. All right. Just got that off my, off my heart. Parable of the souls. There's a lot of soul that's hard-hearted. God help you if you ever get unsensitive to the, to the gospel preaching. I'm telling you, there's a trap in your life. And there's a trap, especially if you're lost, to getting unsensitive. I mean, folks, listen, I used to uh, see people come to the house of God and they were already weeping. They were already under conviction before they got in the door. But people are unsensitive. And I want to say this, the reason I come to every service, the reason my wife's here sick, is because we are afraid to miss church. Not because we think God will strike us down, but I want to tell you something. You start missing one here and one here and one here, I'm going to tell you something. You become in, insensitive to the Word of God. It, I, what I'm saying is this. Listen, you miss one time, the next time's easier. Say amen. You miss two times, the next time's easier. And so I believe there's got to be some holy discipline, praise God, when we're hearing the Word of God and we need to come on anyway. We need to come when we don't feel like it. We need to come when some uh, sister flapjaws hurt our feelings. Amen. Or our or brother uh, kid, kidding me wants to talk about some stinking ball game in the hallway. We need to come on anyway. Amen. And we need to keep our focus on spiritual things above. Amen. But I want to say this passage finds Jesus still ministering the city of Capernaum. Great crowds are gathered so much that he had to get in a boat to make it a pulpit. And they were bombarding him because of not the word of God preached probably, but because of miracles. And because of signs and wonders that he was doing. They wanted to see the show. And so I'm going to tell you something. The Lord began to speak in parables. The first time the word parables mentioned the gospel is here in the, uh, verse uh, 2. Or it said that he taught them many things by parables. What is a parable? A parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And I want to tell you something, friend. I need that because I'm a kind of dumb and I'm kind of backward. I'm kind of slow. And I need, I need it to be spelled out to me perfectly clear. And so the word of God is a parable. It, it means A parable means to cast alongside of. So here's a truth that we all can reckon, uh, reconcile in our minds about four types of soil, about farming. How many of y'all are farmers? Raise your hand. That's what I thought. Uh, one, okay. Brother Brewer's a farmer too, amen. He's also a sports announcer. But I want to say this, uh, folks, uh, you know, farmers know about soil. If you've got bad soil, you can just go ahead and sow all you want to, but it won't, it won't help a bit. And so, folks, I'm telling you, we need to go out in this world and cultivate some soil. We don't need to be high-pressure, easy-believism preachers. What we need to do is take the seed, the Word of God, and plant it to soil. And folks realize that some soils just not prepared. Jesus often used parables. Matter of fact, he used 60 of them in the gospel. 60 different parables. It reveals the truth to those that are open to it. And folks, those that were not open to it, he just said, well, they, they didn't want to understand anyway. So the parable of the soil is what we're getting to. And I want you to know, folks, it tells us of a sower and folks, he says that there's a seed, and that's the Word of God. Say amen. How many appreciate this seed? Amen? And I want to tell you something. That's a good analogy. I believe it's an analogy because a seed has reproductive power that man cannot produce. Say amen. And I want to tell you something, friend. They've tried to 
uh, create seeds and they've tried to reproduce seeds, but there's something in a seed that's planted in the ground that has supernatural power. And I was thinking the other day, and I've never read this, never thought about it, and this might be way out of bounds, but you know, a seed has to die. Amen? And then a seed has to be buried. Say amen. And I want to tell you something, then a seed resurrects. And folks, there's new life. And that is the death, burial, and resurrection in the gospel seed. Say amen. I got excited about it. I don't know if y'all got excited about it, but I got excited about it. When God gives me something, I get excited about it. And folks, I want to tell you something. The problem is the soul is not ready. The soul is not prepared. And I want to tell you this, and I'll say it very clearly, especially you that are watching by way of internet, maybe that's lost. Probably all of you are saved or think you are. If your soul is getting hard, you need to shake yourself. You need to do everything you can not to get gospel hardened. Because if you get gospel hardened, you might get where you can never be penetrated by the powerful sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, and you'll go to hell because you got so insensitive to the Word of God. Now, when I first came to town, I'd knock on doors and people would almost invite me in for coffee and cake. Today, people won't even come to the door. Yesterday, Brother Travis and I was knocking on doors and this lady never would come to the door. And I said, I know they're in there. I know they're in there. So I just kept on knocking. And I know why. She had to go get her pajamas on, amen, or, or whatever, or, or go get clothes on or something. And it was already 11 o'clock, but it was pouring down rain, and everybody with good sense was home sleeping. But uh, folks, we was out knocking on doors. And, and uh, this lady came, and she, she was so receptive and so honest. I'd bought an oven for for somebody in our church from her and I didn't have a tract that night and I said I, I want to come back and apologize ma'am for not giving you a tract and an invitation to the house of God and I want you to know that oven's still working and thank God for it but I want to tell you something you need to be in church she said I sure do little old third grader came to the door and she she was so excited so I started talking to her I said just bring mom and daddy amen praise God I want to tell you something folks behind every uh, door is a broken heart and sometimes an open heart like this dear lady and encouraged Brother Travis and I so much. But I want to tell you this, friend. There's some hard heart. And there's some people that's got this hard. Now I want to preach on two of these souls, if I could, just for a moment. And I want you to realize, folks, the seed uh, is not a dead thing. The seed has energy. The seed has power. Look at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, before I get into this message. You can tell why I'm doing two parts, amen, because I can't even get past the introduction. I'm so excited about this message. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. The Bible says this, and I love the, this description of the, of the Word of God. It says, for the Word of God is quick, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even dividing asunder the soul and the spirit and the joints and marrows, and is a discerner in the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Folks, the Bible says it's quick. They don't mean it's quick like a, like a, a, a person that's quick, but it's, it's quickening. It's powerful. It brings life. And so both the seed and the word needs to be find some, uh, some surroundings, number two. It needs to find the seed multiplied in the harvest. It always comes from the ground, not the barn. Can somebody say amen? The seed in the barn will not do any good. And folks, if you farmers know this, the seed in the supply house is not going to produce fruit. We must find some soil. And folks, Jesus said, before the seed multiplies, it's got to fall upon the good ground. 
And folks, the living word of God uh, falls useless and prophetless uh, to us and to anyone that does not believe it and receive it with meekness. And there's the key. And folks, there's a lot of things going on today that really disturb my soul that people get emotionally worked up to respond to an invitation, they say a prayer, and they have no attitude of repentance or conviction whatsoever. Folks, that's false believism. They call it easy believism, and I don't even like that word because it is easy to believe because Jesus paid it all. But folks, I'm going to tell you something. Some people that say they believe don't believe. And some people say that they're saved, not saved. There's only one out of four people in this parable that's saved. It's the good ground. The rest of them are not saved. And so I want to go into this. I want you to see, first of all, the closed mind. The closed mind. I didn't say the closed line. I said the closed mind. Folks, the wayside. I want you to see this. It's very, it's very clear. It says, uh, hearken, there was a sower to sow went out to sow, thank God the, the Savior went to sow and to seek, and he came to pass as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it. Uh, folks, listen, I want to tell you something. The Bible says in verse 15, the parable to that, it says, and these are they that by the wayside where the word is sown, but when they had heard it, Satan cometh how? immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. Now, folks, here's a great commentary on that verse. Jesus explained to his disciples, I want to tell you what this means. I want to explain it. He said, folks, he was saying they didn't understand it in Matthew 13, 19. And, folks, I want to tell you something. Uh, you might be steeped in sin and refuse to believe because sin can harden your heart. Amen? It'll harden your heart. Bought the other day some Gorilla Glue. I'm a, I'm a sucker for a good advertisement. So I said, I'm buying some of this stuff. I thought it was like, I thought it was like uh, this uh, quick setting stuff. And it's not. You have to let it sit for hours and you have, to, you have to dampen it and you just have to let it set up. And then it expands. And then I'm going to tell you something. It is Gorilla. It is good stuff. I mean, I want, to, I want you to go buy some tonight. But I'll tell you this, friend, listen. Uh, uh, you better watch out. The gorilla glue of, 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 of unbelief can steep in your life. It can set up. It, it, can, it can expand. Folks, it can make you cold. It can make you callous towards the things of God, and you refuse to hear. That's why, friend, I'm going to tell you something. The first Sunday morning you wake up and you don't feel like coming to church, it ought to shake you. It ought to stir you. It ought to shake you up. Why? Because the next time it'll be easier. Say so, amen. How many how you know that's human nature? Amen. I mean, you just you know just neglect anything of God for a while and it just becomes easy. And folks, I want to tell you something. There ought to be a Holy Ghost conviction when you're not in the house of God, when the house of God's open. Say so, amen. And if not, your heart's getting hard. It can get hard. And folks, I want to tell you something. You can dismiss the gospel, but even more damaging and more dooming and more eternal is lost people can get insensitive to the gospel. It can be sold, but it's hard. It's the pathway around the garden. It's the pathway around the crop. It's where it's trodden down of man. I mean, it's hard as a rock. It's hard as some of our heads. Amen. It's hard as my head. 
And folks, listen, I'm glad my heart's not as hard as my head. Thank you. Folks, listen, the soul, the soul is very important. And we need to realize we need to prepare our soul. And folks, I want to tell you something. We got so many distractions diverting us from the heart, which means the mind, the soul, and the will. There's so many things that can harden your heart. Let me give you a couple of them. How does one become insensitive? I believe you become insensitive by a person's training and upbringing or lack of. Let me just say this, friend. You marry some beautiful little girl that's never been in church all her life, you got trouble. Let me just say it one more time. You marry somebody that's never been in the house of God, never revered the house of God, never been around the things of God, you got trouble. Because they've never been brought up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord to soften their heart towards the gospel, to give them and whet their appetite towards the gospel. And it's a very strange thing. They will come with you for a while. And praise God, they'll, they ought to come on the first date, praise God, or you shouldn't date them. Say amen right there. And it ought to be like faith or you're going to have problems. I'm just going to tell you, you're going to have problems. Go ahead and marry a Catholic and see what happens. Go ahead and marry an Episcopalian and see what happens. Brother Randy said at the board meeting, the Whiskapalians. Well, that shook me up, brother. But anyway, anyway, you know, praise God. Hey, listen, go ahead, and marry, go ahead and marry somebody that's lost, but I'll win them. Yeah, you might win them, but it's going to make take half your life to win them. Folks, listen, a person's training or lack of it. I took Spanish in high school, straight A's. But I was such a bad speaker because I was such a hillbilly yokel that after lunch they'd call on me to speak so everybody would laugh and wake up. Como stalstead? I wish they were here, you know. And I'd just stand up and let it rip. I mean, I could, I could, I could write it. I could interpret it. I made all A's in it because I studied like crazy, but I couldn't speak it very plain. Matter of fact, I spoke it so bad they called on me to wake the class up. I was the after-dinner speaker. <laughs> But I want to say this. I don't know one word today. Two years. I ought to be, I ought, I ought to be out there speaking it plainly. You know why I don't know, know one word of it? I ain't used it. Come on, say amen. And I want to say this, friend. You want to get to, hard towards the gospel? Just don't use it. Don't read it. Don't pray over it. Don't weep over it. Don't come back to church tonight. Don't come back Wednesday night. You don't need it. One time a week's good enough. Baloney, you need it five times a week. Say amen. You don't eat one time a week, do you? <laughs> come on, say amen. I eat three times a day. No, I eat more than that. I, eat, I, 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 I love eating. Matter of fact, at lunch, I always ask my wife, says, what's for supper? <laughs> That's crazy. Why would you ask what's for supper while you're eating lunch? I mean, I don't know. It's just, you know, it's on my mind. But folks, listen. The Word of God does not touch them. There is a crush of insensitivity.
it's like a hard pathway. Over and over again. I talked to an alcoholic the other day in Taco Bell. That was just a kid in this church many years ago. And I said, you know something, you're really concerned about what you're going through and the battles you're going through. You'll be in church tonight. He was not here. I looked for him this morning. He was not here. Brother Chris, I believe he's got hard with the gospel. And folks, it's easy. Just put it in neutral, and you'll go backwards. Folks, we must progress. And we must realize that the gospel trampled in the world's busyness today. Hey, the gospel's trampled in the pleasures today, and even churches are trying to bring in the world to attract people to the house of God, and then they have a little quick prayer in the pew and say 500 people got saved this morning. Baloney with mustard and ketchup on it. And I eat mayonnaise on it. I go with food again. Folks, listen. Trampling through pleasure, care, even bitterness can make one hard to the gospel. Sin will beget an insensitive heart. Because I'm going to tell you something, friend. People love darkness rather than light. And they don't want to be sensitive to the gospel. They want to be having sensual pleasures of the world. And see, see most people, they, they know enough to get saved, but I want to tell you why they don't get saved. They're not sick of their sin. And they don't want to get under the sound of convicting preaching. They want to show. They want a concert. They want to ban and smoke and flames and, and all the things of the world. And then when the preacher gives a little talk, they'll come down and they'll agree they're a sinner and agree they need to be saved. But is that true conversion? See, the Bible is full of examples of men that were a crust of insensitivity. The Pharisees dismissed John's preaching and said this, He hath a devil! Well, even worse than that, in this chapter preceding what we're what was in, they called the Lord's heart a, a place of possession of the devil and said that his miracles were of the devil. And he said, you blaspheme the Holy Ghost, buddy. And see, blaspheme the Holy Ghost is this, is that the Spirit of God continually hard, hollers at your soul and it becomes a little soft voice. Faint sound, just a little disturbance, and we harden our heart. Pilate asked, what is truth? He had a hard heart. The Athenians laughed when Paul made mention of the resurrection, and Festus cried out, Paul, thou art mad. The gospel really never got to these men. Was it the gospel's fault? Was it the word of God's fault that's powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword? I want, to, I want to submit to you, my friend, that it wasn't the gospel's fault at all. And it wasn't even Paul's fault. He risked his life to bring the gospel to these rulers. It was the hard heart's fault. 
It was the soil's fault. Folks, Satan comes immediately. The sermon is no sooner over than it's forgotten. And in that case, it's a lost seed to them. Don't ever become insensitive to the gospel. Don't ever take for granted the church. And don't ever take for granted that gospel tract that happened to be left on your job plate. Or that dear man of God that came by and helped you during sorrow and helped you during heartache. And that dear sister or that dear cousin or that dear workmate that showed you the love of God. I'm going to tell you what God was doing. He was, he, was, he was getting that crushed soil and cultivating it. He was furrowing it. Not with blast, blasting. Not with trampling down. Bless God, you're going to go to hell. By the No, it was love that cuts deep. It's caring. It's ministering. It's being nice to people. Say amen. I mean, that's a lost art in the independent Baptist ranks. It's just being kind and, and, and a gentleman when you knock on their door. As yesterday, I apologized three or four times because it was raining. I was the one that was getting wet. They didn't even come out of the house. But I was apologizing for disturbing their sleep. And I figured I, figured I ought to be at least kind enough to be considerate of their situation. But at the same time, friend, they needed the gospel more than they needed a cartoon. And they needed the gospel a lot more than they needed sleep on a Saturday, Sunday, a Saturday morning. They needed the gospel because the gospel is the power of the salvation. And folks, it's the only thing that can cut beneath the, that, that hard heart. That's why we need to go see that dear lady that lost that three-month-old baby. That's why we need to go see people that are hurting. That's why we need to see people that are grieving and bereaved because their heart is open. And folks, if your heart is open, you ought to thank God for it. You ought to praise God for it. And you ought to thank God you got a heart for the gospel, a heart for the church, a heart for preaching, a heart for good music, a heart for worship, a heart for God. And if not careful, it'll be trampled underfoot. It'll be on the wayside. And you will lose that sensitivity to the gospel. I heard this on radio this morning by Robbie Zacharias or somebody. I don't know who he was. He's a, he, he, he has an accent, so I know he's not from North Georgia. He lives in Atlanta. He says there's a little girl that lives several blocks from him in Atlanta. And her name is Ashlyn. And she has something called Sika. C-I-C-A. This little girl cannot feel pain. She cannot feel when she touches a hand to a burn, burner on her stove. She cannot feel if a nail went through her foot, she has no sensitivity. I want to tell you what that mama's prayer is every night. Lord, help Ashlyn feel pain. And folks, I want to tell you what's a blessing. Conviction. 
care what somebody else says. It's when you're convicted, when you hear the Word of God, you're convicted as a soft, good soul that the seed is worth receiving and then there's the fruit. I'm going to summarize what I'm going to say tonight in one sentence, but you better come back anyway. No fruit, no roots. No fruit, no roots. And I want to tell you what, every one of these souls was judged by one thing. Fruit or no fruit. Say amen right there. And folks, I want to tell you something. By their fruits, you'll know them. How do you know you're saved? There's a fruit in your life. Holiness. There's a fruit of Christ's life. There's a fruit of the Spirit. There's a fruit of wanting to be here. That's praise. It's all described in the Bible many times. I'll go over it tonight. But I want to tell you something, friend. No fruit, no roots. And a lot of people that say they were receptive, open soul, they just had an emotional experience. Or they just was so hard they didn't want to have no experience. They never have had experience. And what they need to have is a mama praying every night, Dear God, Please give Ashley a sense of pain. We must be lost before we're found. We must realize we're sinners before we can be saved. And that's what I love about the gospel. The gospel convicts how much you need a Savior. Father, thank you for the message. Only got through one soul. I thought I'd get through two. But that's all right. Can't wait to the night. Can't wait. Looking forward to it. But Lord, I pray, dear God, that this message has caused us to be burdened for the lost and hard-hearted world. Lord, I have never seen it in such a day as this day. People will sit out in the snow for three or four hours to watch a game they won't come to the house of God 30 minutes because the preacher preaches 40. Lord, it's not comparing games with gospel. It's the heart. We have a heart for these things. We have a heart for other things. We have a heart for pleasure. We have a heart for sports. We have a heart for money. We have a heart for those things. Lord, we need a heart for you. So, dear God, soften our hearts. Plow deep the gospel plow to those that are lost. God, may we approach people that are hard-hearted with the plow of love, with the plow of concern. God, with a cultivating spirit of compassion friendliness, and concern. God, we could trample them. We could beat them down. We could preach till we're blue in the face. But the Bible says it's wayside. It's insensitive. Lord, if that dear mama was praying for that little girl, that she'd feel pain because she's in such danger, such peril, God, may we feel the pain of sin. 
May we feel the pain and agony of closing our heart and preoccupying and crowding our heart and thus callousing our heart with the things of the world and even the things of self. God, it's not about us. It's about you. And so, Lord, plow deep and help us to examine the fruit in our lives to see if we're really saved.